Hello and welcome to the Worker Placement Blog Podcast, the gaming podcast that's recorded while I drive to work. I am your host, Jake Tilapic, and it is a beautiful Thursday. And Thursday means it's time for the Thursday Breakdown. Today's Thursday Breakdown is a little bit of an older game. I, I say that with uh, some, you know... Uh, I'm lying a little bit, it's not that old, but it's a little bit of an older game. And it is a game called Glory to Rome by a designer named Carl Chudik. Now, this game has been embroiled in uh, many a controversy, but we won't uh, spend any time on that. We want to actually spend some time on the game itself and its design elements. So, let's dive right in. For those of you who don't know what Glory to Rome is, Glory to Rome is a two to four player uh, competitive game where players are trying to gain influence, which is victory points, by building buildings in their Roman town. So what does that look like? Well, players are going to receive a hand of cards, and these cards are nothing short of impressively designed. So the gimmick to the game, if you will, or the the design... Uh, the main part of the design is that the cards in the game are multi-use, meaning that they have many, many uses. So, what does that look like? Well, each card in the game has a name, and that name is a building type. And as well as a building type, it will have a color to it. So there are six different colors in the game. And that color determines what type of material you need in order to build that building. Well, guess what? The cards of that color are also that material. So blue cards are concrete. Or stone, I believe. Stone. Blue cards are stone, but there's also a building that's on that card to to build. In addition, along the left side of the card is the vertical name of the type of action that this card can produce. So a blue card is a architect action, right? Right? No. Blue is merchant. Merchant action, and that would allow you to take these cards and place them face down into your your uh, vault, which utilizes another portion of the card to score points. So there's so many different ways that these cards can be used, and the only way to understand it is for me to kind of go through what the game looks like. So I mentioned that there are six actions in the game, six, six different colors of cards, and each of those is going to allow you to gain cards or place cards in a certain way. When players uh, play, one person is going to be the leader action of the round, and that just keeps passing counter or clockwise. The person whose turn it is has effectively two options. They can play a card from their hand for its action, or they can do an action called thinking. And what thinking does is allows them to draw cards into their hand 
back up to their maximum hand size, which at the beginning of the game is five. Let's say that they play an action, whatever action it might be, one of the six actions in the game. Every other player in that round or in the game has the opportunity to also do that action by discarding the card from their hand of the exact same action. This would allow them to also take that action in the round, but they always resolve clockwise order. So the player who goes first gets to do their action first. And that can be important based on what the action is. Once the round is over, all players take the cards that they have played to follow, it's called following, and throw them into a middle pool. Okay, it's literally called the pool. This creates another area of cards that players can interact with. So the first basic card of the game is the laborer. And the laborer lets players take cards from the pool and place them into their stockpile. Now, what's their stockpile? Stockpile is a portion of their uh, play area where they place cards and can use them later uh, through two different actions. And I'll explain those two different actions when we get to them. So you're, you're taking cards from there and you're placing them in your stockpile. The next two actions are very similar. The first is the craftsman and the second is the architect. The craftsman allows you to take a card from your hand and use it to build a building in your play area. So over to the side of the play area uh, by the draw pile are the foundations. Each type of, or each color of card is represented here with foundations. And this is kind of the timer of the game. When a player builds a new building, they take a foundation from the, the pot, okay? And they put that underneath the card that they're building to show that it's in construction. When all of the available foundations are gone, that's the end of the game. So it's kind of this like light timer aspect to the game. So Craftsman lets you build using cards from your hand because each different type of card requires a different number of materials placed under it before it's considered to be built. So with a stone building, sticking with our stone building, you are required to have three stone cards underneath that building in order to build it. So you would play a craftsman and you would take a blue card from your hand and slip it underneath that building to show that you've got one material in there. Once you have your third, the building is complete and you'll take the foundation card and place it into your score area for your influence because it will have a certain number of influence printed on that foundation card. The architect action is very much the same. It lets you build buildings, but instead of taking cards from your hand for material, it lets you take cards from your stockpile. So there's one of the ways you can utilize that that laborer action to get cards into your stockpile so you can then use them with the architect action to build them. So that's the kind of the building aspect. So there's there's three more cards that you can play in the game. The next is the patron action. Okay, The patron is purple 
And what the patron does is it allows you to place a card from the pool into your patron area. And what a patron does is remember how you have to play a card to follow somebody? Well, if you have that card in your patron area, you get to follow for free. But the cool thing is, is that if you get multiples of that card in your patron area, you get to follow multiple times for free. So it's a very good thing to do to help you get extra actions of things you want to do by putting the cards you want to do more actions of in your patron area. Okay? So that's patroning. The next is merchanting. Merchant takes cards from your stockpile. Remember, we put them in there with our... um, a laborer action. And now you get to move them into your vault, which we mentioned earlier. Your vault is like a point repository. The cards that you get in there are worth points. And there's a set collection element part of the game where if you have the most of a color in the vault, you're going to get bonus points. So it's a good thing to put cards into your vault. The last action is the legionary. And this is This is kind of the weirdest action. So with the Legionary, if you play it, you get to ask your neighbors and the pool for a card. But you have to show a copy of that card from your hand. So if I played Legionary and I said, Rome demands blue or stone. Then I would have to show a stone from my hand. And I would get to take a stone from the person sitting to the left of me the person sitting to the right of me, and the pool. And I would get to place all of those into my stockpile. So it can be very good to fill up your stockpile with that that type of card. So those are the six actions in the game. In addition to that, each of the buildings that you build has a power to it that either happens when you build it or is an ongoing effect throughout the rest of your game. So you're basically manipulating what buildings you're building and then utilizing their powers to gain more buildings or more cards in your uh, merchant area, your vault, and generally disrupt everyone else's play. Like I said, play continues until all of the in-town foundations are taken. There are some extra foundations that are out-of-town foundations that you can play, but the end of the game is still triggered by the in-town ones being gone. So, um, the game can also end by the deck drawing out, which happens sometimes. It's not all the time. Players then tally up all of the influence gained from building buildings, as well as the money in their vault, and uh, any bonuses from having the most uh, money uh, of one color in their vault as well. So this game takes about 90 minutes to two, to two hours to play. I mean, it, it's, it's very thinky. It's very reactionary. But at the same time, you have much control. As far as the design goes, let's break down the different elements. First, we've got the multi-use cards, which are just very cool. Uh, You know, when you can have this hand of cards and they're so... 
Not only do you have five possibilities of buildings, but you have five possibilities of resources, five possibilities of actions. You know, there's so many things that these cards can be that it, it's a it's got a wide breadth of options for you to pick from. And that can become overwhelming sometimes to a player because there's so many things you can do. It's a, you may have a hard time figuring out what you should do. But in general, building buildings is a good route. Anything that helps you do that, you know, the game does a very good job of kind of teaching you like, hey, here's the main thing you want to be doing, but here's some other things you could be doing on the side. And if you're good at the game, you may be able to do those side things as your main thing if you know what you're doing. So there's definitely some variety in the game. I mean, there's like 40 or 50 different buildings or 60 different buildings you can build that all have different powers and uh, are very unique and affect your gameplay in wildly different ways. You know, some cards change your, your maximum hand size, while others protect you from the legionary, while others let you take free actions, while others let you treat, you know, certain resources as other resources. So there's lots of flexibility in what you're doing, so you should never feel... Uh, pigeonholed into something but at the same time the game rewards those who stay focused and know what their objective is as far as action selection I always like a good action selection game it allows the active player to maybe gain something that only they can gain or deny somebody an action they desperately need it causes some good counterplay options without being devastating. Because one round, yes, you're not in charge and the guy picks an action you don't want to do. The next round, you are in charge and you can pick exactly what you want to do. So uh, it, it's a good trade-off system and I really enjoy trying to react and decide is this action that they're choosing to do good for me or do I need to take this opportunity to get more cards? So, something every round for you to decide. If you're not a good decision maker, you will not enjoy this game because you need to be decisive or else this game will drag on quite a bit. But at the same time, you need to realize that the weight of your decisions is not final and it's not... Overly critical. Yes, you can make a mistake and that can cost you the game, but the odds of it happening often or the odds of it, you know, it's not it's not too often that uh, the game is a little bit more forgiving for mistakes because the game has time. You have time to react. You have time to take care of things that you're trying to do on your board. So there is a luck element with drawing cards. Uh, but a lot of the cards in the game also allow you to interact with the pool, which is the discarded cards of everybody. So you have some opportunity to get a hold of cards maybe that you're not getting lucky drawing. Although I don't feel like that happens very often uh, just because there's only six types of cards. So inevitably you'll be drawing a lot of cards in this game. You cycle through a ton of cards in this game. So uh, not, uh, not experiencing... A certain color is uh, is rare is rare for that to happen. 
The uh, tableau layout is okay. It there's a like a player board that you get that allows you to distinguish your different areas. So the bottom of your board is your stockpile. The top of your board is your influence track. The left side of your board is your patron area, and the right side of your board is your vault, which is useful, but at a certain point, you're tucking a lot of cards underneath there, and it starts to get fiddly. I, I wish that you just put them out there to the side, but the layout of the cards is designed to be tucked underneath the board, so it is kind of cool. Maybe I would do a modular board where each of the different sections could be like lifted by itself. Um, but uh, that's just nitpicking, I guess. There is an element of the game I haven't mentioned, and that's the jack. When you refill your hand, you have options of filling up to the maximum hand size, or you can take a jack, which is a wild card in the future, and everybody will know that you have it. It's two-sided uh, card that's all black, and everybody will know that you have this wild card available to you. When you use the jack, it just goes back to the jack draw pile, so if all the jacks are owned by players, you can't draw one. You can also play three of a kind of cards from your hand to follow an action. Uh, it's an ill-used item because cards are just, they're important. But it can help you in a pinch if you need to get something done or follow an action. That's really the breadth of the game. Uh, it's very cool. It's a cool game. It's got a lot going on, but at the same time, it's very manageable. So, chaos, but with some contained order to it. Uh, reaction, but control. Definitely worth checking out. Now, I say that, but it is not an easy game to get a hold of. Really need a new English printing of this game uh, at some point. I think it's currently only printed in German. There was a Kickstarter for an edition that's only referred to as the Black Box Edition because it literally comes in a black box. And uh, those are very rare collector's items at this point to get a hold of. Uh, you can expect to shell out something like 300 bucks to get a copy of, of the you know, uh, Black Box Edition. So... Anyways, uh, I, I hope that this gives you some perspective on this game. Uh, from a design standpoint, I think it's very crisp. It's very clean. There are a couple designer decisions that I don't agree with. There are some instant win cards that I think are very anti the spirit of this game, which are included. Um, I personally remove them. I think that as a, as a player, it's not rewarding to... Uh, spend a game that's a tableau builder effectively and then have someone win it by uh, shortcutting, you know, the tableau building. So uh, I, I personally remove those cards when I play, which you can say what you want about it, but that's what I do. As a designer, I think that that's the better design decision because players are playing a game and they don't want to lose because they someone else was playing a different game basically and that's what instant win cards do is they created the spirit of a different game that you're playing so i remove those the multi-use cards are very clever they're well designed the the layout designer of the cards is is brilliant they did a great job of making uh the data accessible fun 
while still very usable and uh, elegant, if you will. The concept of the multi-use cards works great in this situation. There's other games where I don't think multi-use cards works very well, but um, in in Glory to Rome, this is kind of Carl Chudik's niche. He's extremely excellent at multi-use card games. That's where he lives. That's what he does. He is uh, a god of it with Matayani and innovation alike, uh, utilizing a similar system. So, check it out if you can. Uh, borrow a copy, play it at a convention if you can, or maybe there's a place to play it online. I don't know. Hit me up at TLAP on Twitter, Jake Tlapic on Instagram. Or you can always go to www.tlap.com, that's T-E-E-L-A-P.com, to listen to every episode and leave comments. We're almost done with the week. It's exciting. Um, tomorrow's Friday. Let's get through Thursday first. And I hope that you have a great weekend planned ahead of you. I know that I do. So... Uh, looking forward to that. Anyways, until next time, play games and have fun. Goodbye.